This is Recorded Future, Inside Threat Intelligence for Cybersecurity. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 170 of the Recorded Future podcast. I'm Dave Bittner from the CyberWire. Our guest today is Phil Stokes. He's a security researcher at Sentinel One, where he specializes in the analysis of attacks against macOS. In our conversation, Phil Stokes shares his professional journey, how he came to focus on the Mac platform, as well as insights on the state of security on Apple's desktop operating systems. He tracks the growing sophistication of those seeking to attack macOS and provides tips for security professionals looking to bolster their defenses. Stay with us. I've come from a kind of unusual background, I guess, for somebody in cybersecurity, in the sense that I started, I mean, I've been involved with the Mac platform for so something like 15 years or more, um, but I didn't really start getting into it in a kind of technical way until about 10 or 11 years ago. And I just started out on Apple's uh, support forums, uh, troubleshooting you know, sort of volunteering, troubleshooting advice to people. And after a while, that led me to... Most of the problems that were coming up back then were... Or it started to be when we we started to see security issues coming up, like adware and things like that. And that sort of, in a roundabout way, led me to develop my own software to basically deal with all these issues instead of answering people's questions all the time. And so for about five or six years, I was... Uh, developing my own software and doing that. And then about two years ago, I joined Sentinel One. Basically, they were looking for somebody who had background in uh, macOS security issues to sort of help with, with research and somebody who kind of knew the threatscape and had sort of seen it evolve. So that's kind of how I got to today, if you like. Where do we find ourselves today when it comes to macOS and and sort of the state of things when it comes to security? What's your estimation of where we are? Um, generally, the Mac is a safe platform. I don't, you know, I don't think um, there's a big argument about that. But I think that the the issue really is that there is a malware problem on macOS which never existed maybe five or six years ago, and it's actually even escalated again in the last couple of years, I think. And I think part of that is to do with the fact that Macs are now far more often found in business environments, whereas you know mm. they probably weren't um, going back those five or six years. They weren't really a popular business machine. And I think it's also that, just to use a sort of vague general term, threat actors have realized there is money to be made from Mac users. I think, you know, possibly it comes with the, you know, the development of the iPhone from 2007, but the fact that people now have their Macs connected to so many other devices, they're a rich hunting ground for people who want to gather data, serve adware, and, you know, we also have some more targeted actors as well with the business environment. So... I think the situation today really is that there is a lot more threats 
for Max than has ever been before, but I think there's also not a great awareness of it. If you compare that to, say, Windows, you can ask even the most basic Windows user, and they probably know what an AV is or probably know that they need to have Windows Defender turned on or something like that. But with Mac users, I don't generally get that sense of awareness. You know, there's this sort of general feeling that, oh, well, it's a Mac. It, you know, it's, it's safe by design. You know, I think that's um, something that people really need to have a second think about with, with the kind of threats that we see these days. It's, it's my uh, perception from the folks that I've talked to that um, the majority of the uh, – the malware hitting Mac users seems to be adware. You know, people, it, it's that it's that classic, you know, update your copy of Flash uh, and then something gets installed that shows ads. Um, is is that a, an accurate perception on my part? I, I would say so. I think I, I wouldn't like to give figures because I don't really have the data to, to say that, but, you know, at a mm-hmm. sort of off the, off the cuff top of my head, I would say probably... 70 80 maybe even 90 percent of the of the stuff i actually see on a day-to-day basis is 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 going to be adware and it's kind of cousin which is the, the stuff we call bundleware you know all the kind of um potentially unwanted software that gets installed alongside you know it says download some software manager and you get like 10 things like MacKeeper and you know all these sort of utilities mm. that are not really offering any any value. They'd often get installed uh, through hidden or very very difficult to see checkboxes and things like that. Um, crypto miners are also a thing. Um, we've had Loud Miner and Bird Miner in the last couple of years, so that they've been in terms of detections, we've seen those on the rise quite a lot, and to a much lesser extent, there's bits of sort of spyware and data stealing stuff and of course you know what the things that get the headlines every now and again, now and again is the you know the things like Lazarus or APT GM era you know very very targeted things that are going after specific users so yeah I mean I, I think that's a, a fairly accurate way to think about it in terms of the general user I think the the most threats that they're looking at are adware and bundleware the the other problem that I'm I see developing is when we look at these adware and bundleware actors and there's there's an actor that in the media is generally called Schleyer, which has been kind of pretty proactive in the last eighteen months or so. What you see is a lot of interaction between between themselves and a lot of swapping. So you get adware that's also installing bundleware and you get bundleware downloaders that are that are serving up adware. And it, it's it's kind of difficult actually a lot of time to pull apart the different players, you know, all these sort of paper install kind of things. Some of them are ser- serving adware, some of them are serving genuine malware. So it seems as if there is, you know, a lot of sort of interaction with these with these guys. Uh, in terms of helping each other out to, you know, serve this. I mean, I just call the whole lot malware. Basically, if it's something that the user doesn't want and doesn't know and is not in their interests, then as you know, as far as I'm concerned, it, you might as well call it all malware. The number of these things is what's really, you know, quite shocking when you look at just how much more of this is, is occurring. There's more this year than there was last year. 
you know, almost exponentially. And there seems to be more players as well. Well, so you and your team uh, recently published an ebook, and one of the among the things you focused on were incident response and threat hunting uh, on macOS. Can can you take us through share share with us some of the insights that are in that ebook when it comes to those topics? Our idea with the ebook was really, in a sense, was that you know we deal with a lot of SOC teams, at security operation centers that are very familiar with Windows and they know that know their way around all their Windows devices, but maybe they've got you know a very small percentage of of Macs in their fleet, and this is not necessarily a topic that they're very familiar with. So what we wanted to do was basically produce a a book that would guide them through you know how do you triage a, a Mac device that, that comes into you know the the IT team or the SOC team and it's looks like it's either had malware on it or could have malware on it or has you know been behaving in some some way that's suspicious so basically the idea is to try to educate people who are not familiar with max uh, about all the different places and the different ways that malware can get itself inside a mac device so we talk uh, particularly about persistence agents in the ebook that's for me when I'm triaging a machine. The first thing I want to look at is what is the the persistence mechanism because 99% of all malware is is going to have some way that it wants to stay on the system. So we talk about um, all the different persistence mechanisms that are possible on on a Mac. So there's kind of a whole chapter uh, on that, and then we talk about um, how to actually look at a Mac and and determine whether it's been manipulated in some way so that might be of course looking looking at running processes that are actually live at the time but also looking at historical things how do you investigate the file system on a mac it's not the same as on a windows device obviously how do you Mm. check what's what the network configuration is and has it been um manipulated in any way and macs are i mean macs are special in in one very specific way, they're different from all other computing devices in the sense that the hardware and the software is all built by the same people, right? So there is this huge integration that you don't see on Windows devices, you don't see on Linux devices. And for that reason, there are lots of things hidden away that the operating system knows that you can find out about the history, and, and many people don't know about these things. Lots of hidden SQL databases, lots of little obscure utilities that only exist on Mac OS, even though Mac is a Unix-based system or Unix-type system. There's lots of command-line utilities that you, you won't find on, on Linux or, or other Unix-based systems. So, you know, we try to talk through um, all these various different tools and databases that... Uh, are useful if you want to basically find out what's happened on the system and where can I find evidence that the system has been manipulated. So what are your recommendations for folks who are out there and have, uh, you know, a fleet of machines that they're charged with looking after? Uh, perhaps they have a handful of Macs. Uh, perhaps they have a, a lot of Macs. And any any suggestions, uh, some words of wisdom? Sure. Well, I think that you know the main thing that you need especially if you're talking about you know business enterprise situation 
The main thing that you need is visibility because the one thing that you don't get, I don't know Windows, so I don't know if it's true there, but the one thing that you definitely don't get on a Mac is any way to be able to tell what's going on in an easy way. For example, I mean, if you thought you had malware, or I often have this conversation with people where they just say, oh, you know, my Mac's great, it never gets any infections. And I say, so how do you know? How would you check? What, tell me, what tool would you use that could give you that confidence? And normally, you know, if people know anything about the Mac, the only thing they'll know is like, well, I can open up the activity monitor. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, there's crypto miners that go to sleep when you open up the activity miner for Mac OS. You know, they, they're programmed to do exactly mm. that. So, you know, this is, I mean, Apple have their own sort of built-in security tools. They're okay, but they leave a lot of gaps, and one of the main things that they don't have is they don't offer. If you're an IT team or if you're, you know, an admin, they don't offer you any visibility into what's going on. So I think you need some kind of software that's going to be able to give you that visibility that you're going to be able to easily look at. How is this machine different today than it was yesterday? What's happened on this machine? Um, if you find you know, some suspicious launch agent or something, where did it come from? How do I see what it's connected to? So, you know, my main advice is that, I mean, there's lots of solutions out there that can do this. And this is one of the things that, as I said earlier, I originally started out as a software developer, and this is one of the things that I, I developed. But the point is, ask yourself the question and then go find out the answer. How would I find out if my Mac had malware? That, that would be my first, mm. first piece of advice. My second piece of advice would be to think about, again, if you're thinking more, more about IT teams and admins, think about how do you control what your users do? Because almost all malware, 99% of it, is coming through user interaction, certainly on the Mac. I can't speak for other platforms, but on the Mac, you know, there might be some rare case where, you know, an APT actor steals your laptop and inserts something on the, you know, on the logic board. But in reality, 99% of malware is coming through user interaction. The user is downloading something, as you were you know, talking about before, um, being convinced that they need some fake Flash Player update. So the question is, how can you, one, see what users are doing, and two, how can you control them? And, you know, there's various things you can do in terms of controlling devices. You can, Apple have this MDM platform, and there's um, third-party uh, solutions like Jamf and um, FleetSmith, where you can control various aspects of what users can change, you know, from a sort of admin perspective. And I think that's... You know, certainly in an enterprise environment, I think that's an important part of, of your security posture because the the thing with Macs is almost every user by default is an admin user. And as soon as you download something and run it as an admin user, if it's not a sandboxed app you know, from the App Store, that process has an enormous power to do things without you knowing what it's doing so it comes back to what mm. i was saying earlier about visibility but also you know if you're looking at it from a, a SOC or it team 
perspective, you really want to be thinking about how can you get some kind of control to stop people infecting themselves, <laughs> basically. And, and right. thirdly, the last thing I would just say is, uh, and I think this is a big one, and it comes back to where I started, I think, is user education. Because, as I say, you know, Windows users have, have kind of got the idea that there are threats there that they need to have Windows Defender running or whatever, you know. And I think Mac users haven't got there yet. I think there's, there's a very wide... I see this even with, you know, some of the thought leaders or influencers on, on Twitter and various social media platforms. You know, they all argue that, oh, there's no real malware for, for Mac OS and, you know, nobody needs security software. And, and, you know, how would you know if you had some? So I think just <laughs> this idea that, you know, it's not a myth anymore, that there is... You can go on Virus Total and just do, you know, for those that have access to it, you can just do a search tag for Mac O and just see how many new malwares are going up on, on a repository like VirusTotal every day. So, you know, people just need to be aware that, yeah, you can be safe if you are educated, as you say. There's, there's a lot of the adware and stuff that we see there is just manipulating users who, you know, just don't know better. They trust stuff and they just need to know that, you know, the situation has changed. It, it's not necessarily a trustworthy world out there. Do you, what are your thoughts as, as Apple uh, has announced that they're going to be shifting to ARM chips? Is Do you have any uh, – is it a, a shift you're you're looking forward to? What do you think uh, we're, we're in for? Yeah, I I don't know, actually. I'm, I am – personally, I'm looking forward to it. As I told you, you know, I started off with Acorn Risk Machines, and that's basically where ARM itself comes from. So this is reduced instruction mm. set. CPUs, right? right? So as a <laughs> as a reverse engineer, I'm absolutely like, yeah, let's you know, let's go. This is this is great stuff. So great to get away from <laughs> Intel, but I I don't know. I mean, you know, in terms of, of 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 your listeners, I don't know yet at this point. I think it's too early to say what that will mean in terms of you know the security situation. It's fairly clear with with Big Sur and ten point sixteen or eleven, whichever they finally decide on. Uh, it's fairly clear that there's a lot more lockdown coming. You know, they're locking down the there's kernel integrity protection coming. They're locking down the system volume so much now that you won't even need file vault file vault on it. So it's clear that you know Apple have got this whole concept, if you like, or philosophy ab ab about locking down the system and things like notarization that came in in 10.14, I think. Um, are, are all part of that. How that transitions into ARM kind of remains to be seen. Sorry, I couldn't be much more informative at, at the moment, but we don't have that much info on it. Yeah. So quite recently, we saw one of the very few instances of ransomware on the Mac. And it was kind of a very unusual ransomware in the sense that it never really looked like the... the uh, threat actors were that serious about making money. And in fact, from our investigation, it didn't look like they made any money whatsoever. But the, the threat itself was interesting as a development because they actually included multiple different kind of capabilities. In fact, all the kind of capabilities that you typically associate with, with Windows malware. So there's a backdoor in there. Um, you know, there was spyware, data exfiltration stuff in there. There was privilege escalation in there, as well as the actual ransomware component that, you know, that got all the headlines. 
And that, to me, and, and to my colleagues, was something... What struck us mostly about that was just how developed now these actors are becoming on the Mac platform. I, I mean, a few years ago, anything that you saw on the Mac was very poorly conceived, and it was clear that the developers probably didn't come from a Mac background. And I think now mm. that both that particular, what was it called, Evil Quest or Thief Quest, I think it was finally named, that mm-hmm. particular piece of malware was clearly developed by people who were Mac developers. And the same story with the recent Lazarus. Uh, we did a post recently on four different families of, of Lazarus malware, and I think Kaspersky had done one on, on a framework as well the week before they attributed to Lazarus. And again, when you look at the code underneath, you know, from, from a reverse engineering standpoint, you can see that these are not developers from another platform who are just trying to port something over. You know, these are Mac developers. These are people that know Apple's APIs and Apple's um, coding languages inside out, and they're using everything from basic C libraries to Objective-C to Swift, and, you know, the whole gamut of of things that are available for Mac developers. So this, again, is is part of my perception that I think the, the whole malware scene on Mac is, we can see that it has increased over the last few years, but I think it's developing as well. And as Apple develop their responses, it's clear that there are teams, threat actors that are out there that are, you know, responding in kind. So... I think this is a problem that would, you know, it's not going to go away with a, with a quick solution from Apple changing, you know, some technology their side. I think that the threat actors are heavily invested in the platform. Our thanks to Phil Stokes from Sentinel One for joining us. Don't forget to sign up for the Recorded Future Cyber Daily email, where every day you'll receive the top results for trending technical indicators that are crossing the web. Cyber news, targeted industries, threat actors, exploited vulnerabilities, malware, suspicious IP addresses, and much more. You can find that at recordedfuture.com slash intel. We hope you've enjoyed the show and that you'll subscribe and help spread the word among your colleagues and online. The Recorded Future podcast production team includes coordinating producer Caitlin Mattingly, executive producer Greg Barrett. The show is produced by The Cyberwire with executive editor Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening.